Hello, this is your life-changing podcast, Knowings, Spiritual and All Things Human. Renowned spiritual leader, visionary, author, and advocate for humanity, Mahatma Chris Griscom, answers crucial questions from around the world with her vast illuminated cosmic wisdom. Gentle and often humorous in her knowings, she includes her famed Exercises in Consciousness that help to bring the listener into a state of expanded conscious self-awareness, global focus, and participation. With each segment in the series, Chris answers three diverse questions to discover deeper aspects of who you are and how to find meaning and purpose in your individual and global realities. This is for you. Chris Griscom is the world's foremost expert on reincarnation. Her intensives of the Light Institute with themes of all things human are for people around the globe with the purpose of changing lives and helping the planet. Chris Griscom brings the gift of higher consciousness, accelerating the evolution of humanity and the world. There is a second part to this Sunday meditation. It's called Knowings. And people from around the world each week send in questions that they would like for us to touch upon in order to illuminate and uplift ourselves and all of those who are participating in this meditation. Allison will tell us the questions that have come for us today. Allison? The first question is from Mexico City, Mexico, Mm -hmm. and it's from a friend. Oh, good. Hello, friend. (laughs) This question is in two parts. The first part is, what to do about the integration of incarnational memories for healing? And the second part is, I've heard you say, we come in as fully developed souls. (laughs) Then why do we come in as babies? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's begin with the first one. You know, uh, perhaps all of us, even if we've forgotten, have flickers when we're children or at other times in our lives when other incarnations of our soul come in. We come to a place, we know we know it, we see a person, we know we know them. And maybe we even uh, perceive the whole uh, content of that lifetime. I always say by the time a child is three or four and they're playing you know, with whatever they're playing with, if you listen to them, you will hear them telling stories of lifetimes that they have had. And so this is incredible. Uh, At the Light Institute, of course, that is our basic work, is to activate in you, uh, through your own higher self, to be able to cognate and to, to revisit these incarnations of the soul. But the purpose for that This is very important. It's not to hold on to the content. Oh, I was a great healer. I was a powerful being. Or I did this or I did that. No. Because any time, whether it's a memory in this lifetime or a memory from other incarnations of your soul, if you hold that and identify through the content of that, I was this person, then it will tether you. And very often there are aspects of those lifetimes Um, thought forms and ways of living, um, consciousness that was much less than what we have today, that are not um, wonderful for you, even if it seems like it's a wonderful lifetime. So what we want to do is we want to find the essence, the, the qualities that you carried that are still in you, and, and utilize that while we release the lifetime. So we always look at the story 
and the, the death, which is very important, and then we release the lifetime, the content of it, so that the essence, the pure energy comes into us. And that's why doing incarnation or work at the Light Institute changes our lives. Absolutely. Uh, frees us from hooks and tethers that we've had uh, as other beings that we have walked upon this planet. So that's how I would answer that first one. Um, we want to release the content and find and accept and honor the qualities that we have accrued, the wisdom. Uh, even when we were negative beings, sliced and killed and did terrible things, we evolved. We learned about those things. Uh, we're an intelligent species, we don't have to repeat that. It seems like we're repeating that right now, but we're not. We're clearing away all of the incarnations as a collective soul family in which um, the things that we're seeing now, the negative way, the inhumane way that we're living now, we're doing that to awaken in us to say, that's not who we are now. We have a new consciousness and we will go forward in our evolution because of that. Now the second part, uh, that conversation of um, <laughs> if we are fully developed souls, which is what my higher self has always said, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that because you're developed, there's no more development. There will be eternally an evolution, an evolution of, of the cosmos, an evolution of life, an evolution of divinity, always, unendingly. And so a fully developed soul simply means that the soul has those Akashic records, has uh, points of reference uh, that guide uh, and choices in a lifetime. And so I would answer that in kind of a, uh, a very human way to say that, first of all, the reason you've heard me say that is that people say babies are so innocent, as if they were a blank slate. They are not. It's not whether they're innocent or not. It's that they come with great wisdom. That's why babies and small children are always moving in and out of their physical body. They are listening to the cosmos, to their higher selves. They are, they are passing through dimensions, coming back and forth. They're not attached to their bodies. We're so afraid of dying and losing our sense of self. Children are not. And uh, But... Uh, yes, so they're fully developed in that they have consciousness, uh, whether they're aware of those things. And again, as I said, very often children uh, uh, can reach across the veil, that veil of I am this person and I, I am supposed to be this way, uh, is not uh, heavily laid upon them. We lay those energies upon them and squeeze them down into who uh, we think they are to us and in this world today. Why do they come as babies? They have that consciousness, uh, but they can't speak it, they can't communicate it, but they, they can communicate through the essence. It's interesting to me that little babies at about four months or so, they start to puff their little auric fields just about this big, puff, puff, and the puffing is usually pink, the color of love. And so I feel that one of the reasons we come to this planet, which we call uh, the planet of the heart, is that um, 
Each incarnation allows us to develop, to polish the human heart, an emotional heart. We have an emotional heart, a physiological heart, a physical heart, a spiritual heart. We have all those shades of heart energy. And so we come in uh, with the highest frequency. Little babies have not learned to, to, to uh, distrust or not to, not to care or not to like. They come in with love. And so they choose their parents. And I have noticed that babies um, open the hearts of their parents and, and the parents and the whole family. And so there's something that's very human that occurs through this process of coming from baby to child. And through that, there are the um, rebalancing of karmas. Karma is not just bad and good. Karma is simply cause and effect, action and reaction. So we're polishing our own evolution. Other species out in the cosmos sometimes simply uh, rather mm, uh, automatically come in in sort of a form. And that's the form they will have their whole life. But they have not uh, utilized or polished uh, that that wonderful aspect of heart energy, of uh, love or emotional energies or individuation. And so we do it. And then they are all watching us to see if this is a good idea and how they could get back to that. That's a long story. But so coming in as babies, and we may in the future begin to not do that. Uh, we've always talked about walk-ins and and galactic or higher beings who just borrow the body. Of course, that's a whole karmic conversation. But this this thing of coming in as a baby and, and creating that oxytocin, those hormones and the, that energy of love and, and purity uh, that awakens when we are in the presence of a baby uh, is very essential to the evolution of our souls as humans. Alison, the second question. It's from the Port of Spain, Trinidad. Trinidad. Can loved ones who have died help us from the other side? And is it even karmically right to ask them for help? Oh, wow, what a question. That is a question that a lot of people are wondering about and have uh, sort of mingled in forever and ever. Uh, let me begin by saying... Yes, of course, it's always okay to ask. But there are some laws, cosmic laws about that. And the first cosmic law about that is to use your own higher self and to ask, is so-and-so still in the astral? You see, when we, when we release our physical form, consciousness never dies. There is a cosmic law that says uh, energy never dies, it just changes form. This is true. And so uh, we, we shed our physical body, but then the consciousness awakens. We have some intermediate steps at, which are in the astral energy. Uh, the astral dimensions are in simultaneous state but, uh, with us, with our third dimension. But there are levels, there are veils. For example, we humans have created the sense of hell, the absolute darkness, and the purgatory, which is kind of a little hellish, and then this and this, and then there's a place where 
people go and are guided to, where a beautiful place where the, where the soul and the spirit together rest and, and go through what the soul is learning through those, that lifetime. And then there is this going into the light. Although it's not one, two, three, four like that. Uh, some people go directly into the light. But especially with the question that you're having, that means that you suspect that the spirit, anyway, of whomever it is, is still in the astral. And very often they are. In the astral, there's no time. And this is why we found this, this incredible... Um, event whereby when people are in the last stages uh, of passing from their bodies they will they will suddenly say oh they've come for me maybe they feel an angel or very often their parents or their loved ones or somebody else um, that they feel is, are present and I have been with a lot of deaths and I can tell you that there are those spirits that are coming and guiding them into uh, a level of astral where they can heal and and uh, release anything that needs to be released and open to the highest octave of light. So you want to ask, are they in the astral? Are they waiting for you? Uh, because if they're in the astral waiting for you, there's definitely a karma there. And that karma we, you can't know unless you've come to the Light Institute and, and, and looked at the lifetimes you shared with them uh, what might be left undone? Uh, who owes whom what? But, but if you surmise, through the help of your higher self, that they are in the astral, you definitely can connect to them. And I would do it this way. What color do you need from me? What frequency of light do you need from me to help me in the way that I need help? I am asking for help in this way. Maybe it's for money. Maybe it's for some, something that was undone. Uh, who knows whatever it is that you need the help about. Uh, but they're in a higher frequency, so they're not the emotional back and forth that you knew. They are themselves in their, in their spirit and soul energies that are, have heightened awareness, a larger expanse of consciousness uh, when they connect or look down at you. But the reason this is important is if somebody is moving into light energies, you would not want to pull them down. Uh, even even when someone is in that middle astral and, and uh, they seem to be sort of available, it takes a tremendous amount of energy for them to bleep through that veil so that there is some kind of a connection. And that's not the flashing of lights that we feel, you know, uh, that the Spirit is doing. Uh, though they do have ways of associating with you. Uh, something... Uh, sacred, uh, usually something from nature that is uh, synergistic to your thoughts and, and that sometimes is a reference from them. So you want to make sure that you're not pushing uh, them or drawing energy from them because you need them. But absolutely, and think of it this way, if you ask them to help you Think of the many incarnations you may have shared together. And at that level where they are, they want to help you. And if you ask them, they will find a way to extend energies that, again, create a synergy that allows for whatever it is you need to come to you. Because it helps the evolution of their soul. 
and the disintegration of the karma that locks you together uh, so it can dissolve. In the past, people took hundreds of years, souls, to reincarnate. Sometimes now they come right back in. Sometimes they come in as a grandchild. Uh, and so everything is sped up. So if there's something that you, that you know that imagine that they would want to help you, and even that if they helped you in that way, it would, it would free them uh, as well as the both of you. I would say yes. Ask them for help. There is no, there's no karma, there's no shame or, or punishment for doing so. If it were not in balance, it wouldn't happen. Uh, but something will move. Even if you, if you ask, let's say you ask for help with money or something and nothing came, you, by asking, would opportune them in a higher level of consciousness to move the flow of evolution, of karma, cause and effect, action and reaction. So you're giving them a gift by, by asking them, and they're giving you a gift by responding. Uh, and I find that they, they do respond. So I love that you asked that question. May it bring you peace and courage to say, are you there? Um, this is what I need. What color can I give to you? You see, that's that back and forth that, that really creates a balance. I give you light, which is a cosmic message of communication, uh, so that you can feel that I'm giving to you. And then you please give me what I'm asking for. It makes a perfect balance. Try it. Yes. Allison, is there more? Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. The last question is from Los Alamos, New Mexico. Yay. In the USA. New Mexico. Dear Chris, I'm curious. How did you decide to use color for energetic clearing? Hmm. There you are in Los Alamos where, where the explosion of the piercing radioactive light uh, began. And, and living close to that and having taken my students up there uh, to feel the radiation, I've always been sensitive to light. All humans are. It doesn't matter. We've discovered this scientifically. What culture we come in, we all respond emotionally to different frequencies. Remember that light has different frequencies. Each color is a different speed and a different length. And so it affects the body in a specific way. But my story is very sweet about that. Again, I, I understood and learned uh, early on that uh, everything in the third dimension is actually ultimately made from light. And so uh, that always inspired me. Then I loved rainbows. And I was, I, we have fantastic rainbows in New Mexico, sometimes double, even triple rainbows, beautiful, pure rainbows. And I always would get in my car and drive along because rainbows move, you know, as the light is penetrating through the water of the rain, uh, it, the rainbow moves. And so one time I was chasing a rainbow for almost two hours. I traveled for over an hour away from my home. And then I finally gave it up and came back home, and there was a rainbow just over the hogback, the small hill outside of my village. I got out of my car, because it was right there, close to the ground, just hovering. And I looked at the rainbow, and the rainbow passed down through my feet into the earth. 
And I felt that the rainbow had somehow anchored me. I could see the rainbow colors uh, penetrating through my feet. It was not long after that that suddenly I became aware that it wasn't enough to, uh, whether it was in this lifetime or any lifetime, through my work when we accessed something, we needed to find where it was sourced in the body. Where are you holding your fear, for example? Maybe in your kidneys or your hands or wherever. And then suddenly I realized that we needed to have a tool to change that, either to amplify something or to, or to get rid of it. And light, of course, being the essence of all things, the rainbow. And, and by the way, in today's work, now that's been 40 years that I've been using the light or so, but what I'm discovering is that people now often will find frequencies of light that are not in our spectrum. They're coming because we are accessing, even unconsciously, the energies of other dimensions and other other galaxies, other, other universes that utilize different frequencies of light. And so I began to just say, well, where are you holding that? What frequency of light, what color does it need to change? And sure enough, the light would change it. It would dissolve it away or it would amplify it or it would facilitate sending out a, a communication because light is the cosmic vibration of communication. So it's very holographic and uh, exquisite. And so I hope that from this little story, every time you see a rainbow, you'll think of that. All of the colors that have certain specific effects on your physical body, on your emotional body, on your mind and your spiritual form. And so let us all reach for the light, know that we have it inside us, call it in, if you need healing, it's the best way. What color does my body need to heal? And Because your body's made of light. And once you have that specific, once you feel that your body's showing you the specific frequency, specific color, it, you, there will be a change. So you want to take it in. That's my star. Great love. We are all light beings.